Oh. Okay, we're starting. We're live. Hello, my name is Paige Coombe, and I will be having a conversation with Francois for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. It is uh, June 28, 2018, coincidentally the, uh, <laughs> the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, and, and this is being recorded at my apartment in Ditmas Park in Brooklyn in New York City. Okay, so Francois, um, tell me, yeah, you want to just introduce yourself? I just said your name, but name, pronouns, <laughs> how old you are if you want. Cool. <laughs> yeah, this is so good, don't you? For the rest of my years. <laughs> Two minutes. It's fine. Okay, cool. Just ignore the mic. You're just, you know, you're talking to me. So my birthday's coming up, so I can tell you all the gifts I want. <laughs> you can tell me all the birthday gifts you want. Okay. Um, Francois, uh, 28. No, seriously, birthday's coming up in September. So feel free to all the gifts. <laughs> Um, I'll be turning nine. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah, twenty nine. The that's one more year of twenties. Yeah, it's your last year mm -hmm. of the twenties. Then I'm gonna hit the glorious dirty nerdy thirty. <laughs> dirty nerdy thirty. Oh my god! Yes. I like that better. What? I feel like that's totally what happened to me. Is yeah. That's all I, I turned thirty. It's just... I became a huge nerd. I already was. You're when you come more into yourself in that. You're just like, oh, I accept it and love it. Uh, yeah, so I'm obviously you're looking forward to mm -hmm. your birthday. Um, yeah, <laughs> but the, yeah, this time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, what are your pronouns? Uh, they, them, hit, um, his and sir, or like his versions, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, I guess just to start off, right. how would you describe your gender? Hmm. Uh, my gender would be, is, so, really accepting of, like, my feminine qualities, like, I think everything for my fit, <laughs> so I'm gonna look at you. Yeah, look at oh, me. Oh, thank God, yeah. Um, it's, like, love, like, falling in love, all the things that make me, like, feminine, like, perceive feminine and feel feminine, so, like, my face, the curvature of it, uh, more, getting more love my thoughts. Your thighs? Okay. Yeah. It's coming, I'm like, oh, you should be exposing the thighs more. Like, you should be living that life. I'm like, oh. Um, but then also, like, a lot of my masculine was like, I I feel lucky the way that my body is is that it's always like, um, you don't see, because I'm like, I'm a husky person, my hips don't show as much. Mm -hmm. um, but then when there are times it does, that's the time that... <laughs> All the show things. That's the time when what? All the like dancing. I can dance, mm -hmm. so I know it's always. Mm, I know it's always available. Uh -huh. Private school lessons, um, and so I can always drop my hips, and I can always do the little TikTok whenever I want. But when I'm walking regularly, I don't need to do. It's just, so it's it's okay. this great like. It allows you to like go in between feminine and masculine mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. Your body itself. My body itself, yeah. Okay. That's perfect, yeah. It's glorious, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, why don't we go to the beginning? Tell me mm -hmm. about your childhood and your family background. 
Uh, I know you grew up here in Flatbush. Mm-hmm. I know you're I'm Haitian, and that's like, what else? What else don't I know? Uh, you know, I have four brothers, and I'm. <laughs> uh, things you don't know. When I, I took, I, maybe you do. I took the razor. My, my so my brothers always got haircut for my dad. Uh-huh. Um, downstairs, like in the bathroom downstairs, one or the other. And I took the razor one day and started like giving myself a hairline and a haircut. Really? You're trying to give yourself a fade? <laughs> you already know. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready. I was like, oh, don't worry. I got this. Um, <laughs> made trouble for that. But it was, it was just the start. It was, it was, uh, my childhood was spent in all experiences trying to be who I saw and like through my eyes. Like when I looked in the mirror, I have this huge, one, my mirror, my mirror, my house has seven mirrors. Okay. Like big mirrors? Yeah. You mean like 80s style, like floor oh. to ceiling mirrors Ooh. or like paint a picture for me? Um, okay. Well, I wish you knew what the artist's name. Um, what name the artist? This artist? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Paul Lewin's work. The frame you put around Paul's work and like that. Stop that type of mirror, lot like takes up like uh half the wall, but with that frame around it. Oh, okay, so it's like a like a very ornate gold embellished right. like yeah. baroque style. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, all right. That's that's a yeah. It's nature. lavish. It's super. <laughs> of course. Nothing. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh, this is great. Okay, they just is realizing all the reason why I'm extra. This is. <laughs> I have seven of those mirrors in there. Well, actually, four of them, because um, three of them are in the bathroom. Um, okay, so, so there's a lot of mirrors in your There's house. a lot of mirrors in my, ba- in my house. And that's how you grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always looking at ourselves. My mm-hmm. dad is very pretty, so he takes a long time. But he doesn't... <laughs> he, I think he was the first metrosexual I ever met, but didn't really... That wasn't really it. He just... Also, that For him, that was wellness. That, and he groomed himself as wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that he wants to be more presentable as like an immigrant guy, mm. but my brother, the oldest one, he's queer. Um, he, he's more he's bi. Um, he likes to say, and he says, um, and uh, he, I totally identify as a metrosexual. Like he loves it. Like he, uh, yo, he does. He's worse than I am in the bathroom. He's, he's like an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Um, and like blemishes, like. But the thing is, I've told him, like, put in your spore and if you ever get a pimple, like, done. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, it doesn't. So he'll go like, terminology. His, the only thing he, like, works on is, like, his nails. And it's lovely. Okay, so you grew up with male figures in your house, mm-hmm. like, putting a heavy emphasis on appearance. Mm-hmm. So okay, you said something about your dad being, um, like, wanting to present himself because mm-hmm. he was an immigrant. Mm-hmm, yeah. So... Are you also an immigrant, or, or were you born here? Um, first generation, I was born here. And how like long had your parents been in the states by then? For they were there when sixteen, so it had to be and both like, your parents immigrated. Both, mm-hmm, both okay. my parents, yeah, they literally met a year apart, like mm-hmm. year age difference, mm-hmm. no, two years age difference, mm-hmm. no, blah blah blah. A year after coming here, like each one of them. Um, so, that's when, so, so they met here. They met here in the oh, states. Okay, yeah, okay. they didn't. <laughs> my mom was like deuces to the countryside. Um, also, like more Africa opportunity. She, there was like no way she could like live in Haiti. Um, and my dad, he ended up staying with his brothers. 
his brother and his wife, his brother's wife, and then three of their brothers in like a small little studio. And I was like, how much that should cost? Back in the day in Brooklyn, hundred dollars, son. A hundred dollars. Hundred dollars for how many bedrooms? A studio bedroom. Oh my god. I was like, what? Can you imagine, son? What? I Dang. think about it. that's so. Oh my god. But how many people live there? Four. Because it was him, his brother's wife, and then no, I guess five, three other brothers. That's old. Yeah. That's um. A lot. But yeah, he. How old were your parents when they came here? 16, 17. 16 and seventeen. Mm-hmm. And they left on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the first uh, in every like for my mom's side. My mom's side is the only uh, family member to leave. My mom has like, uh, I just learned some. Of, I just I just learned some of the history of my mom's brother, so it's so trippy. Um, but she has one sister and three brothers, mm-hmm. so they all we all came from big families, and my dad has. Uh, all brothers. Yeah, all brothers. All brothers. All brothers. And he's the oldest, or uh, middle. In the middle. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And your parents came from different parts of Haiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom Chaknel, uh, and my dad. Uh, it's a little town called like Labadi, um, and my aunt like later on moved into uh my actually my grandfather. I was still to my mom's parents are from the countryside, but later on they moved into Port-au-Prince, the uh, city's capital. Sad. Oh. And my granddad fagged my grandma in the best way. My grandma was, <laughs> dude, like, I know. On your dad's side? Oh, my mom's on side. On your mom's side, okay. I think they did it suaveness. He, he was a male, a male man uh, driver with a little motor pad. Uh-huh. And my grandma ran, like, the countryside she, uh, she's from, she, like, ran away. She was like, I can't deal with this right now. I need to go into the city, live my life. What? She met up with him, and he he's a younger dude. And he, he swabbed in the best way, because it was not like your typical, like, you, what's a good swab like? He wasn't Casanova-like, right? Okay, yeah. Um, wasn't like his charm. He wasn't a Don Juan. Yeah, he wasn't none of that. Um, he's super, like, he's much more smaller than my grandma. So he was like... He's smaller than your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, how did this nigga finesse this woman? He was like, you can sleep in my place. You can you can have the bed. Um, and he sat on the floor. Like, every night. Every night. <laughs> and she was like, all right, I like you. And I was like, wind. This nigga was, was, Wait, how are they staying together? Uh, he had a home. Um, oh, and she came to stay? Mm-hmm. She met, he met, they met each other like somewhere on the street. And he was like, she was like, I don't have a place to stay. And he was like, you oh. can stay with me. And it's, just, it's a shock situation in Puerto Yeah. Place. So this nigga was like. You can have this. Oh. <laughs> Yo, I was like, I don't know you. Guys. What's your what... grandmother's name? Um, oh my god, uh, Jeannie. What do you call her? Uh, Gome. Gome. Yeah. And Gome. have you met her? Is she still alive? No, she's not. No, that's first. And I have my uh, uh, my first tattoo, my second tattoo. Like first tattoo of the, the, the rosemary beads around was for my grandparents. Um, oh. But it's going to be grandpa. That was like their names or <laughs> their names. Um, like, grandma and grandpa. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, I I think it's Vatani Nikolai. I know Nikolai is her last name. Okay. Fine. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm so right. okay. So mm-hmm. your that's how your grandparents met on your mom's side. Yeah. And they had your mom mm-hmm. with four other kids. You said yep. Four other kids. And is your mom the only one to come to the states? Or mm-hmm. yeah, really? Everyone else is still in Haiti. Yeah. On her side. On her side, yeah. And then for your dad. My dad, most of them are here in Brooklyn. I don't know if you know them very well, Mm. uh, but most of them are in Brooklyn. Uh, The parents, they were able to immigrate uh, much later. I mean, it's like, you know, around the 70s and everything. Uh, They're no longer here with us. They passed away as well. Um, 
but most of the family was able to immigrate over. Oh shit! Wow, I never knew that time. Yeah. So you have a lot of cousins. I have a lot of cousins, but I don't. We don't really fuck with them. Like, how that. come? Um, I mean, you don't have to get into that. Yeah, just too. just more like <laughs> like family drama. Stuff. Family drama, real. Yeah. Each one of them had a kid on the both sides, and that shit just didn't work out yeah. with each other. But you said your mom came here when she was sixteen. Mm-hmm. All by herself, mm-hmm. and the rest of her family is still in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she brings it when she could. She like ten. The first time I met my aunt, I was like seven. So like after she was thirty, she was able to bring um my she was able to bring my my grandma moved when she was twelve years later. So like in her late twenties, she moved, um stayed over. Um, yeah. And you you were there by that time. No, that's an additional four years. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. What made your mom leave so young? Like, I feel like when I was 17, there was no way I was going to immigrate to a whole new country by myself. She actually does nothing. It was for survival. Mm-hmm. Because there was nothing for her. Yeah, there was nothing for her in Haiti at the time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was the best move for her family. So what did she do when she came here? Um, she was a domestic worker. She cleaned homes. Um, that's how she got her, I think, her taste. Um, she moved here, like, in... She was a teenager. Oh, you mean from, like, rich people? Like, yeah. That's, like, <laughs> that's with all the Baroque stuff because she was cleaning their houses. And she's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, she's like, that's what they have. That's what the rich white. Mm. So this is what I must have in order to show that I've made it. Interesting. And, like, and then you also think you're like, so there's plastic on all the chairs. I mean, not anymore. The shit is crumbled. Right, right. right. No, yeah. no. I've been in those houses. <laughs> My grandmother used to keep plastic on her. So and on her carpet. This is like we don't believe in plastic. We've been traumatized by the plastic. Like, <laughs> the no. plastic. No, 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 no. Anyway. <laughs> um, so she came here and she started working as a domestic worker. Mm-hmm. And how did she meet your dad? Um, on the street. She had a son by then. Um, on the street, she's walking to her um, her apartment. She has a kid with her. Um, that's my oldest brother. And she has a gated window. Um, and she sees my dad. I think they patched up a few times. But she's like, you're cute. And he's like, cool. Um, and then, yeah, son, the, that side of my family is just ridiculous, I think. Um, but she has this gated window. And from what she told me, uh, she told him that he needs to fix it for her. Um, and he came and fixed it for her. And then she was like, my furnace is broken. So she made him fix like two things. Um, and then he was like, and she's like, you want to sit here? And then all the things. That's great. Yeah. She she <laughs> coughed my dad. Yeah. Yeah. My she, dad got so done. She knew right away. Yeah. She was like, oh. Yeah. What, what was your dad doing? He was young too. Yeah. Um, he was a tailor. A tailor? Mm-hmm. Really? This is like, oh, the style. I mean, totally, yeah. Totally about, I'm literally the offspring. You know? <laughs> I think they would see it exactly <laughs> that way. But as I say to him, like, this all makes all sense. What's your relationship with your parents now? Um compassionate <laughs> because I, I've, I've thought about all of the fact that well we may have different ways of navigating this world um, and different ways of strategies in which we think we're just gonna be best for our survival and best to build to build relationships I have a different goal than my parents did and I think I only have that because their first goal was to survive and to, and to assimilate and mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to be like assimilation is no longer my goal like it's just to be honest with myself is my goal now like what do you mean you're lucky enough um because i think if they we we were dirt broke um and 
that didn't stop. Brokenness never stopped being proud of. So I just peeped. This is so dumb. I just peeped Kendrick Lamar's um, lyric when he said syrup sandwiches. Mm. And the niggas are like, oh, that's when you were man poor. And I was like, I didn't, I, so I didn't know. This. I also just learned Lean is. So there's some. You just um, learned what? Le- lean is. Oh, what Lean Shit is. Shit that. Mm-hmm. Square. Um, <laughs> Stay away from the Lean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was just like, oh, this is, I learned it from a, yeah, one of those, like, they have, like, senior citizens never, never done these things, do them now. Um, but syrup sandwiches, we, that used to be, I didn't know what it was, so I had a, my friend, and I was like, what is it? They were like, when you take a bread and you put syrup on it, and that's French toast, or that's a sandwich. I was like, that's what I eat all the time, what are you talking about? Mm. Like, if you call that a French toast, mm-hmm. they were like, that's, <laughs> Bitch, you're ridiculous. The lot, the it was damn. <laughs> Didn't know. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. So, so I'm you grew up a, broke. Grew up broke. You grew up. And broke. grew up really with really good ways of reframing things from mm. negatives to like positives or finding the silver lining in them. Because it wasn't a syrup of sandwiches; it was a French toast. Where did that come from? That, um, like, that impulse to see the, the bright side. The because then you have you gotta make the best of what you got that's like, close like your parents like yeah they were like mentality they were like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta figure it out mm-hmm. well maybe the best are like figure it out mm-hmm. um but my dad i think he's more about just do your best and what find a way to make yourself happy mm-hmm. and you'll so what do you mean about the compassion now um i learned so much i learned so much about myself in the bay <laughs> and it's just real hard to go in the bay mm-hmm. in the bay and because uh, immigrant parents hold you closer um, maybe that's another issue but like in my experience they've, they've held uh, me and my friends a lot closer to the chest mm-hmm. um, because they're so afraid mm-hmm. um, they also grew up in no not grew up but so much technological advancements happen so quickly in front of them like the I think a lot has changed more drastically when they what they knew, what they had survived and struggled through, I think made, shaped them a lot because they were teens. And then they had to set up all, in like over a five year course, like everything from the internet popped off to then YouTube. Like it was just, I think, a little too fast. And they're trying to hold their bearings. So. What I, year did they come here? I wouldn't say 1972, like something around. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I know my mom said she she went to some like they both got their bachelors. Um, and my mom, when I was a kid, like when five, went back to get a master's. Mm. Um, and uh, my mom said somewhere in college, uh, she was in like a class with Coretta Smith. And I was like, well then I don't like she didn't like <laughs> it's real funny. <laughs> what she didn't what she didn't fucking she, she didn't like Coretta. Smith. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> Coretta King. Wait. Coretta King. Yeah. <laughs> wow. She was like I'm with it. Mom is an interesting character, though. She's... <laughs> I think the compassion is... I think she. we want the same things. We just go different ways about it. Mm. Like you hold the same values or like you actually have similar goals? We have, sim- um, we have similar goals. Mm. Um, we have similar goals, but because our... And I think my values have evolved mm-hmm. with the time and with the learnings I've had in the day. Mm-hmm. And I think her was like the root. Like, I get it. You want everyone, you want the best for us. 
And so she, for her, best means like very like linear things. Mm-hmm. Get a good credit score. Get a get a mortgage. Get be have a straight born life. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's the epitome of success. Whiteness. Mm-hmm. Um, and but know you're black. P.S. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'm mean, like in a good way or um, in a way that she feels like she's made it. Um, so there's no excuse for anyone else to not have. And I'm just like, that's not a, I don't think, whatever, it's just like historically and systemically that's not okay to really, I understand why you think that way because you made it out, but not everyone has the same resources or same like, sometimes it's the relationships you have that, that bridge out of luck. Like my mom is bad charismatic. Mm-hmm. She's had so many best friends, like quote unquote, because um, everyone calls her best friend, but she don't claim nobody. So. <laughs> She's like, whatever, these bitches. But they they dead ass love, love her. her. They love her. Mm. That's why in relationships, when I was a kid, she was like, a friend's going to come and go. But I value so deeply my friendship. So mm. it's like, she's the root of, she where I started from. And because of like learning, queerness, the bay, I've got to build on that shit. So that's why I feel like it can be compassion. Because yeah. I get it. I'm not fucking with it, though. Right. I'm not for that. Right. So. And you mentioned the bay a lot and, like, what you learned about yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that and, like, just tell me that story and then how you ended up here again and what it's like to be back. And you're back with your parents, right? Like, you're living with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just went from the living room cap, uh, living room mattress floor to an actual bed <laughs> congratulations thank you thank you oh, just want to say seriously thank you because you were there for some hard ass time son i know you saw yeah, you saw yeah. it was it was pain so it's been hard coming back from hard coming back yeah so why it spoils what do you My, mean it spoiled me the base spoiled, the base spoiled you. me in what ways and everywhere you love about um this, oh, so we're in Paige's apartment. <laughs> yes, we're in my apartment. Um, and Paige loves himself. So I wasn't, when I, growing up, there was no way I knew someone could, like, love himself and, like, other people. My parents are working on this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a healthy way that they can have, we don't, I guess art for my parents is, like, my mom is an apple. But this is <laughs> yeah. your mom is an apple. What do you mean? No, my mom's idea of art is like the painted apples and stuff. Oh, like, like still life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, I thought that was it. I just want because I'm here in your apartment, seeing like you reflect yourself onto like the, the oh, space. Oh. So you're saying that like your mom, your mom's space didn't feel like her. Uh, it felt like everybody didn't feel like, uh anyone it felt like her um but like not oh, i home I, I can make my own space in there hmm. so this is what i'm really excited about like so she let me um she let you what i got my room painted for the first time oh you got your room painted yeah when it's ridiculous this sounds like i'm so old but these are small gratifications in my life but this just happened recently but yeah. she let you paint your room. Yeah. Um, it's like a very happy teal ocean mm-hmm. situation. So nice. you feel like you're swimming in water. I feel like a tortoise. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> don't know why that sounded. So, okay. So wait, let me back up just a second. Because you're saying like the bay 
And then you started talking about art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, it sounds to me that at the, in the Bay you were exposed to, like, things that you hadn't been exposed to through your parents. And that changed a lot. So can you talk a little bit about, like, what those changes were or, like, what the things that you experienced were? So you should do this more often, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that could be us. I see my podcasts come become, they develop. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. Go ahead. Um, no, you gotta say it again. I'm so sorry. Oh, just like what <laughs> about the Bay? Like what, what experiences did you have there that, that changed you and made it, made it so that you were relating differently to your parents now? Um, what is it? The learns, the lessons of vulnerability. Of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's some shit. What are some of those lessons? Um, that it is okay. It's really great. The mm-hmm. shout out to all the homies who like, who was like, oh, it that's totally acceptable to feel. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what do you speak more of this situation? Mm-hmm. What are feelings? What's I've heard of happiness and I've heard of anger, and I've literally <laughs> up until then. I mean, basically, yeah. You you learn. I mean, to a point, you learn so many feelings that you're like what is going on um and then the banking it passive aggressive so you're not sure but that's a whole other situation mm-hmm. um but the less of like i just identifying and recognizing your feelings yeah and then being open to exploring them i think that's the literally the best lesson because then it like trans it's like a domino effect of better beha- uh, better behaviors mm-hmm. that happen so you feel like you're introduced to the concept of vulnerability not as a negative but as a positive and that why did that make it awkward or why did that make it different with your parents because Um, that's not how you grew up that's not how I grew up yeah so how did you grow up around feelings (laughs) what were feelings what were feelings so they weren't they weren't no you didn't discuss them no no I didn't discuss them I literally didn't know what feelings were like there was Mm. it wasn't a range of there was two two feelings (laughs) there was anger and there was happiness I see so there was I learned different words. I feel like what? Yeah. So I, it's not that I didn't, I wasn't exposed. Like vulnerability wasn't a bad thing. There was no such thing. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, okay. So mm-hmm. you're coming back now. Yeah. First of all, what is it like to be back in New York? And how has New York changed since you were growing up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be nice. Um, in New York, we sat, me and my friend had this game. I think I told you on the train, like, last 2011. Um, and we had this game. So you live here. We live in the deep, deep Brooklyn, so mm-hmm. deep Brooklyn, mm-hmm. where up until seven years ago, <laughs> Caucasian folks, that's my new, and we're giving their full Wikipedia name. <laughs> uh-huh. We're colonizers just came through here. Um, Say that again. Before colonizers came through, particularly Flatbush, um, you could you knew if there was a train was packed and everything, you and you saw a Caucasian person, you saw a colonizer, you can just stand right in front of them, like while they were sitting down, and wait for their seat. Because after before Franklin, they would not, they would get off. Mm-hmm. Like you could expect, oh, this is I'm gonna have a seat. This mofo that is too scared, not scared, scared <laughs> to come out here. Like oh, this is gonna be cute. Yeah. Now they just post it up looking at you like, bitch, what? Yeah. 
and they have a trailer like lit it's fucking lit like oh okay right no you get that seat this is feels like if rosa parks and um a civil bus uh civil rights act civil rights movement particularly if the uh, boys didn't work it's like that because they look at you now and they're just like i don't care i don't care i don't care so there's white people now yeah that's scary it's like that's um yeah yeah I mean, luckily, yeah. Here, because we're so far, yeah, I can't get to see it anymore. But no, um, uh, many, but like now, this uh, huge complex, which I get, I think I could, it has brought more jobs, um, more a lot more minimum wage jobs. Um, people need to really discuss them when they say, "What? Oh my God, this new development is gonna bring so much jobs into the area, bitch!" You're not, it's not like meaningful jobs. Like shut what the fuck development? Up. Um, before Target used to not be there. Oh, are you talking about the, at the junction? junction? That shit mm-hmm. used. I don't even know what that space yeah. used to be. That shit was not there though. Yeah. Um. So it's funny, but they they framed it as like, um, as like uh economic employment for the entire community. Right. You have you have young people from Midwood to Brooklyn College working fixing out lot. Like, mm-hmm. we need to talk about quality um employment. Right. Um, Unless we're down to change a retail system so that offers health insurance to like all its workers, then yeah. here for it. Yeah. No, you want to keep doing this shit? Sure, 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 sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's changed a lot, mm-hmm. and you changed since going to the Bay in 2011 and coming back just last year, mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. So your neighborhood has changed. Yeah. And you've changed. And I've changed, and so we butt heads. You and your all parents. the time, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you, that's <laughs> all the time. And but has of my brothers. But the thing is, I've, I have come back a few times a year. So they, I mean, I also came back strategically. Like I used to go back seven, like a full week, and yeah. then I was like, this is not healthy. Right. So four days. Four days. Four days. That's right. Um, it's enough for me to like remember to love them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Remember yeah, to love yes, them. you know, and then be like, cool, cool, cool. Um, but <laughs> so you think they were uh, when you were come home to visit that they were seeing your progression? Like that's I thought they were. Because what are you butt heads about now? You butt heads about everything. Uh, Is your just, gender presentation one oh of my. them? Yes and no. No, because I refuse. It, I refuse my mother's comments to bother me. Mm. It's a straight up like I gotta live my life. I went to my brother's graduation. He took seven years, but I'm happy for him, like, and happy for him, like, he's happy for himself, <laughs> that he um, got a BA, and I'm like, yeah, get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I came late. It was like, literally, I came the day of the graduation. I had a vest on, a shirt. Uh, t- um, it was like a red, <laughs> black vest. It wasn't the, the idea was there. I think my color coordination was a little off. Okay. Um, <laughs> Vest t-shirt and pants. Um, I didn't like the pants I was wearing, so I told my mom, this was 2014, mm-hmm. right? So this was three years since moving in here. Right. I, so I'm wearing this. I'm like, I called my brother. I was like, ask mommy to bring me a new pair of pants because I really like this one. Tell, ask me what she got, brought me instead. What did she bring you? <laughs> a dress? Yeah. Oh, gosh. On the money. <laughs> All the way. <gasps> then I was like, I'm good. I'm wearing his pants. Oh, wearing his pants. Otherwise, the um, yay to everyone. Um, 
Remember, so that type of thing continues now? That's what it continues. Um, though she recently said I look good because I had an interview with Tyrone. She was like, you look nice and presentable. She wants me to look like Ellen. We have... <laughs> <sighs> Y'all, you hear this? I just sure laughed my thing. <laughs> Ellen? Basically, yeah. No, seriously. Like, that's her... She's like because she thinks Ellen is a, like a successful, not, non-threatening lesbian. Thank you. That's how I broke it down to my phone. I was like, she's non-threatening. Like her entire presentation is not. I get it. Like yes, exactly that. So what do that. you think your mom thinks about your gender presentation? Like what? What's the issue for her? Um, that it, compassion part, right? Um, that it will limit my opportunity, my economic opportunities mm. in life. As her, her, there's luck. I think, I think, this is what it would feel like to be friends with Kanye. Like, if if you thought, I used to think there was brilliance in it. Used to, used to. <laughs> um, then I, and and then I was like, oh, this is sickness, and it's just, it has warped. Mm. Um, so what was it? Fuck. Um, compliment. You're saying what your mom. Like, what's the issue that your mom has with your gender presentation? Mm-hmm. She thinks it'll limit your economic opportunities. Yes. Um, she. Oh, yeah. So, because as a immigrant immigrant black woman, um, who grew, who was a teenager and had to navigate U.S. for and she moved from Texas to New York City, like wow. in the like. She was in, uh, she worked as a, she did domestic, she was a domestic worker, but she worked as a nurse uh, during the AIDS crisis, right? Mm. Um, so holding that and like, and everything moving forward, like, she looks at me and she's like, a, and she didn't know any queer folks or any trans folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she did, she only knew them from getting grid when before it was called AIDS, right? Mm-hmm. When they were just stigmatizing folks. So she, I think, I remind her of all this death and wow. all this like non possibility. And then she sees Ellen and wants to compare and she's like, whiteness saves the day once again like mm. if you just move away from anything that um looks black looks poor looks queer then you'll have a chance to live because look i did it like if you just mm-hmm. take learn your place um and thing is i i think i often credit the bay for my vulnerability my like evolution and values because i realize my recovery from that mentality didn't serve, doesn't serve myself or my people I actually care about. If I think that it's my own responsibility to change uh, myself versus my own responsibility to change like the system in which we're in. Mm-hmm. Like I shouldn't have to like hold myself and put herself so deep. I should have to assimilate to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it works for her. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work for me. And it's not going to work for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, the compassionate part is like, I see and I know where it gets. Like, that sucks. Like, you see death and you see you see potential because you're like, I'm your kid. Mm-hmm. But you see me squandering away. It, that's what they perceive that because I don't, because I want to be as bold as you are. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you worked as a nurse through the AIDS crisis and fucking managed. She ended up going to, she moved from the, like, she had an entire lineage that was crazy. She moved from the nurse then to an assistant on Wall Street. Where this creepy, okay, it was maybe it was creepy. I think it was creepy. It was creepy. We used to send in photos. This dude, white dude, is a guest who coming home for dinner situation. Where this white dude was like, you're so gorgeous. Let me take pictures of you. And he was a rich white dude. And yeah, yeah. To your mom? Yes. <laughs> she okay. was at Caroline. Yeah. 
It's thank you. Um, he would bring her. He brought her home one day, um, and not as a date, but as a friend. Um, and my, like right in front of him, they were like, oh, "You're not dating this black woman, right?" Um, and he was like, "No, but look how gorgeous she is." And I was like, "She's like, yeah, thanks." Like that was her. Like she was like, "So you need to survive that way." Like, don't you want to? I've made it. So if you do exactly what I do, you'll make it here. I don't want those values. Mm-hmm. You know some shit. Compassion is a right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, existential crisis is five times a day. I think about this shit. Tell so. Tell me about the. Tell me about the communities that you're part of now. Mm. Um, in New York, I want to say yeah. I'm not yet part of any community. I just have really good friends. Um, like I have folks from my senior me since thirteen. And who's known me in the Bay, who's moved out here. And folks who know me since I came out in New York City. That's crazy. 10 years, over 10 years. Who I used to organize organizing here. Right. Um, you youth organized with Fierce, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, uh, youth organized with Fierce to save the peers, to create um, uh, a homeless, to one, get uh, correct police brutality, particularly the NYPD wants to like fuck us up all the time. Um afford uh, a shelter we used to work with the only queer homeless shelter in New York City mm. um, and they create the peer the safe space I mean the biggest thing we were able to do was get a kiki ball um, which was lit um, it was the first time I brought Vogan into the space mm-hmm. how uh, did you find Fierce? dude I, I, I blame Sojourner Truth Sojourner Truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah say more I read her when I was like 8 years old and I was like I want to be her <laughs> and I was like, dude, she get, she literally was doing her garden walk. No, she saw someone doing her garden while she was walking. And it was like, you know what? People need to be like supported. And like, there's some fucked up shit happening. Change your name. When, that's my short version of Sojourner Truth. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very short, uh, short version. Um, so, but, so uh, Sojourner yeah. Truth inspired you to-, to care, to give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And also was like the only come out space. No, that and yes center they butted heads. Yes center. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never oh, heard of that. oh, the the center. There was a group called Yes. It was oh. where queer. Um, where is? God, it's like ten years ago. So how did you find them though? Like oh, practically Google. aside oh, from Sojourner Truth. Google. <laughs> no, it was so AOL. You, AOL. No, AOL. No Google. So a- you took it upon yourself to research mm-hmm. t- because you knew you were queer. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or on the uh, on the like yeah. LGBTQ spectrum, mm-hmm. and needed to find people. I need to find people. It's like, where my people? Where my people? So, what was it like becoming part of that community? It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was dope. We walked up here. It was, it was nice. It was. You're. I was like, what? I'm not the only one. Oh my god. Yeah. How did that feel? Is liberating too strong a word? It's oh. your word. No. It's your experience. Yeah. Ref- I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Liberating. Well, liberating. Yeah. Um, and but most, shout out to all the, uh, shout out to David. Um, they're no longer here. They passed away. Um, uh, but like, and all the queer folks who like were, 
who are, who are like slightly older but were so much more mis- themselves I didn't know so long as I didn't know if I was gonna live to 25 like mm. you know why I, I literally I thought about that and I think my my reconciliation is that I didn't think it I didn't think I had the means to or the um there was gonna be a possibility like I thought life was gonna just like I didn't see anyone out there like look like me after 25. Mm. It was more like, cool, you party until you're dead. And you're probably dead at 25. Cool. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's actually what I saw. You saw that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something always happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm cute, though. So what made you realize that it could be different? I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see something else out there. Because you made it past 25. I made it past 25 and every day I'm like, what the fuck? What's it going to make it to 30? For this year. It's coming up soon. It's on. Dirty, nerdy, dirty. What kinds of relationships do you have with other trans or non-binary, gender non-conforming people? My brother asked me two years ago if I had any straight friends. I was so... I was like, yeah, I can count them on my hand. I can't. On one hand. On one hand. <laughs> <laughs> They're all my high school friends. <laughs> all your high school friends. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. I don't know what you want to tell you. I was like, well, that was a very observant uh, like, thing he made. Yeah. Like, wow. So you don't have any straight friends and all your friends are queer? <clears throat> or do you have a lot of trans friends? I have trans friends and, and, and gender and by Gender non uh, conforming friends, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. That's like overwhelming what my friends are. Really? Yeah. Uh, the other one that's not that's not on the list is like a lot of my fan friends. Like your fan friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't have that many. Like I mostly just not many. It's just the we have like it's a smaller group subset. A smaller group of masculine centered folks that you hang out with. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, the one people I like, they're just they're really bold, and mm. where sometimes I almost think because I'm real shy. So you're saying femmes are bolder than some <laughs> people kill me than yeah. masculine. Some, some, some. In your experience, in my experience, <laughs> <laughs> my friends like, "What are you talking about?" They'd be like, "No, no, they actually straight out. They're they're tender, they're like, yeah, they're right, right, so yeah, 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 dude." So when, so I want to come back to what you were saying about the Bay and like vulnerability, like, is there something about vulnerability and your journey with your gender identity and expression that, I don't know, is there a connection there? Mm -hmm. Um, What I learned is that, so vulnerability means (laughs) I equate it to being a rock on the beach and the waves crashing on it drowning it but crash like hidden until it becomes super smooth mm-hmm. and like every phase of my life through growing pains like when i growing pains is basically me being vulnerable with myself that's what's actually happening like i become smoother mm. um and people think it's like the charm and everything like no i well yes i get it i'm charismatic but i'm only charismatic because i've been crashed by water and like opened up to my own self so deeply so honestly so like crushing me mm. that there's nothing left except like honesty, right? Like it's interesting. Um, yeah. So all of the 
like false notions that you had about yourself and falling away. So you feel like you know yourself more. Did you just quote a Drake line? Did I just quote a Drake line? <laughs> no, I think. <laughs> Maybe. He's in my head. Drake, uh, you're everywhere. Uh, I think Drake just overheard us when they say, oh no, I think he just like, someone said it to, uh, about themselves and he's like, word, and just put that shit down. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what did that make possible for your journey around gender? Um, it's, it made me be more and more okay. Cause I definitely couldn't, it was incremental progress. Um, it made me more and more okay to leave all the like negative, whether it was subtle or super um, overt criticisms about my gender away. Um, I used to hide the fact that I was like masculine center and then I used to hide the fact that I'm not masculine center, I'm more gender non-conforming and trans, and then hid the fact that I'm not a gender, that I'm trans. Like it was just, it was all this like, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay all the time. Um, but the only way for me to do that was to be like really vulnerable and that was like all of, vulnerability was very, for me is really connected to like, I don't know. Well, it's super opposite. So, um, background, my mom is like super like the crew. My dad is super sweet and soft, and my mom is really, like, bold and, like, takes up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And when the U.S. is super, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. The guys take up, like, really, sh- mm-hmm. like, so it's opposite, right? In the Bay, though, it got switched around on me. So I never knew what the, f- and then mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? And then someone was like, exactly, that's what being queer is about, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, oh, nearly, that's how it was. That's that's how I do it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. And then every time I would make those realizations, like then the honesty just poured out. It was just like, oh, this is what makes me feel good. Like this is what I like seeing in the mirror. This is what I like being reflected back to me. Mm-hmm. And then it, it so it showed up in my style. It showed up in the places I started going to, like the parties I would affiliate myself. The like. The happenings, I call them so old. Um, I, or I like the 70s model of saying the happenings, like the artistic events I would go to, right? And then it started happening with the people I was friends with, people who I'd be acquaintances with. Like I started attracting the, those people who I want to reflect. And then those people reflected me back. And I was like, you're so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Every time. I'm vain now. Like I'm <laughs> absolutely vain because I'm like, Peep. So I get vain and cautious because, like, whatever. Vain because all my friends are beautiful physically and, like, come on. Like, when I describe them, they sound, they are badassery in, like, all's definition. You want me to fucking, cel- you know how celebrities are, like, grand? Bitch, meet someone I know. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, you do this? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my friend. <laughs> but I won't tell that to their face because who needs all that? That's, every <laughs> once in a while, I'll drop a little like it's like a, I'm like a succulent at times. Um, I stole that from my friend, or my friend. I have a friend who likes succulents, but I think sometimes like it. I'll retain all the water, mm-hmm. 
and and um, and but I'm really thorny with my comments. Um, but there's when I poke you, it actually has alloy in it, so I'm making you lotion. I'm working on myself. <laughs> I'm working. On You're a semi-helpful. I'm a cactus. Cactus, right? right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's helped me. So it sounds like you found a lot of people in the Bay um, who, like, reflected, you know, your value back to you mm-hmm. and your worth back to you. And it made it possible for you to be in touch with yourself. But being in touch with yourself also attracted you to those people. Mm-hmm. And they also had similar or different... They had insecurities of their own, but they already navigated it. Right. That's also ironic, yeah. Because yeah. I want, like, anxieties and all, they were actually moving, showing me how to move through it because they were in their own life. So that made their appeal stronger because it wasn't just based on, like, air. Mm-hmm. It was based on, like, oh, I mean, you're hurting right now, too, but you're trying, you're hurting because you want to be better. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, woo, 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 woo. So what brought you out to the Bay? Why did you leave New York? None. <laughs> Why do all queers leave? <laughs> Why do all queers leave New York? I don't know. I thought I thought New York was like a queer destination for a summer. <laughs> for a summer. <laughs> oh man, uh, the partner. Why do all people like? No, oh, you fell in love. Yeah, I was like a queer baby. <laughs> it was a little baby situation. Mm-hmm. Moved out here together. Moved out to the bay together mm-hmm. to play. It was supposed to play house. It's a church. Oh. Same playhouse. I see. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work that out. That didn't work out. But you stayed in the Bay. <laughs> Why? Because I literally got the child like the day I landed. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is like, here's where you got to be. So what kind of work do you do? Or did you do over there? Um, in the Bay? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I got to meet Paige at my <laughs> first like, real job ever. Yeah. Um... But they also didn't know it was supposed to be. But, um, so I worked in housing and immigrant rights. Um, mm-hmm. Shout them out to Casa Justice. Just Cause. Mm-hmm. Um, then I worked for GIF, Institute for Administration Training. Um, then I did a whole lot of other jobs, but particularly I did start doing like more special events and everything. Yay, Decker Clothing Exchange. Um, did it and, and woke. And so I then moved into like tech and media. Tried like, at the end of the day, I think I just kept putting myself in intersection of people, culture, and like resources mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dapper Clothing Chain is like, it's about thrift uh, shopping, new shopping, getting access to like clothes, and not many queer people find, have a hard, um, have an easy time in finding styles and clothes that fit them in safe places. Yeah. Um, and so when bitches want to go to H&M before they want to put uh, t- green t-shirts that say monkey on black kid- kids um, they would have to be like cool I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the store and hope that this button down will fit over my breast um, because the, if they don't know what a binder is they um, or even when they do they know that the only way you can get a binder is by going online and you don't know how to like, measure yourself they give you all the like things but it's really anxiety producing to measure yourself because you're like so close to your body now where you have to be like oh shit this is what I'm about to do that's why I think bitches end up just bandaging themselves which then causes bricks or ribs and causes a lot of like health problems mm. wow yeah shit how did you find out about binders <sighs> thank you Kaiser 
because you were the most fucked up health provider I had in the mm-hmm. Um, I went to see my primary care and I wanted to get a breast augmentation um, because I love myself. So a lot of folks, I think, have non media, not our people, because we're like zebras and we're amazing. Um, my queer and trans people. We're zebras. I, I know everyone thinks they're unicorns. <laughs> but here's my... And I want my people to believe they're unicorns. But to me, bitches, yes, you're magical. But you, I, you're such an abundance to me in my life. Mm. You're a fucking zebra. You have your own stripes and pattern distinction. Mm. But you're a fucking zebra. But be a unicorn. Do you. Um, okay, got you. Primary health provider, one in breast orientation, was like, you're, you're overweight. You can't get the surgery. Um, and there's actually no... I'm the same weight that I was then. Um, but one, there's no correlation to, like, I, was, I wasn't I was to the point of obesity to my health was in danger. I had perfect blood pressure. So that's, like, an indicator, right? Right. Um, so basically, like, they gave me flawed information, which then put me into depression. Oh I didn't gosh. take a shower for three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, my And when I finally, yeah, it was so bad. Um, but then I, the reframe, I was like, well, maybe I wasn't meant to get just, it's really difficult. I kept going when I was start Googling between uh, top surgery and breast augmentation. Like, what's the best thing? Because I was like, some, when you type in chest augmentation, top surgery also comes up. Mm-hmm. I don't I, understand the difference. That I didn't understand the difference either. So breast augmentation means they take a little bit of your tissue out. And so you still mm-hmm. actually have what looks like your breast. Mm-hmm. And top surgery, you actually remove your entire breast and relocate your nipple. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so I was like, no, I don't need to do all that. But a little bit of me was like, oh, my God. You know what I do in the mirror? I just hold up my boobs. I used to hold my boobs because I thought that's fucked. Yo, media got you fucked up early on. Yeah. It's like my boobs are supposed to be this high up. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I just want my boobs to be this high up so it doesn't ever look like I have boobs. Mm. And then I was like. I just don't want to have these. Mm-hmm. I love you. I just don't want you. you know? mm-hmm. um, and I would make up things. Then, yeah, my it was uncomfortable to hold them all the time. And then when I... Um, so the primary care provider gave me wrong information. I was I went into the depression and I was like, I can't live with these anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I love them to a point that I need them off me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I, I started typing in um, ace bandages and like what are the ways and they were like don't do it and there were so many articles See? that said so the internet really helped you out mm-hmm. they're like don't do it and it sounds like you've turned to the internet a couple of times when you felt like you needed to find like mm-hmm. resources or support for yourself yeah i didn't need the i never looked for internet for like conversations because that i can always use a homie but like very practically logistical information yeah I would be like, Google, what do I... Yeah, like, I mean, what are some queer organizations? Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do about, like, my body? Right. Mm-hmm. That what makes that? sense. That makes sense. Um, what... Thank you, people, for writing. How do you... So this is a moment where, like, there's more trans visibility. Mm-hmm. And it also sounds like you went through your own journey of, like, becoming visible to yourself. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, there were people who were visible to you. Um, what has it been like? Like, how do you see yourself in this moment of increased trans visibility? Um, is it that we see... Sometimes I question, like, 
what's the trans visibility? Because mm -hmm. I, well, I just want them to always do more. <laughs> I, yeah, I just want them to always do more. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm lucky enough to be in the lineage of like trans folks now. Um, so, but there's like trans day visibility, like the actual day, and there's like all, all the give out days were like based on like um, grassroots trans organizations, actually, which we don't like to give credit to because obviously, <laughs> bitches remade the Stonewall White movie and they were like, it's a white dude who saved us, right? Lit. Mm -hmm. Um, but in all, like, I've, if we look for folks, then we'll find them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I shout out to like people's people are are having more of an interest. Um I can't really I'm not gonna analyze where the interest is coming from, right? Because mm. it can be from fucked up places. Mm -hmm. Um, but what they but trans folks in particular trans women, black uh black women and women of color, so like Lourdes Hunter or Jenna Mark, um, are doing are anytime they get into like a conversation, they're changing the narrative where it's like from a place of dignity and respect mm -hmm. for themselves first. And whatever trash talking bitches want to come at them, whether they want to reduce them down to like the genitalia or be like, how do you pass or how do you, they never say blend, but like, how do you like make, how do you become non-threatening enough so that we can see you? Um, they always change the conversation to like, let's think about all the the black trans women, women of color, the trans women of color who are not here. And we're never actually passing. We have never actually been threatening. You all are constantly, uh, like anger and the culture that's the transphobia culture is the thing that makes us unsafe for us so actually y'all bitches are the one who couldn't attack us we're not threatening you you're threatening us and so it's really cool that when i seek them out, i get to see those narratives but when people seek them out for regardless feelings they are so smart mm -hmm. that they can change that narrative to like i mean that's the illest reframe mm -hmm. because yeah they just made a movie about Marsha P. Johnson, and it was. I got I got feels like, for like. You talking about the Netflix one? Mm hmm Yeah, um, but like they can they always make it when they do autobiographies of of like, straight women or just like very mainstream like likable personalities. They make it, they give it one bigger budget, but two they make it so that it's um entertaining and like this like feel good montage to like everyone else but when they do like on trans women or just like on a minority like they make it in the sorry i've been reading um and the word minority has come up a lot you've been so reading this, what i've been reading period oh okay um and minorities come up and literally just said it i really don't like that word what word minority oh minority yeah. like no yeah. um it just doesn't feel good it's like disgusting yeah um when they talk about like under-resourced community, it's always like in this like, what's that woman that tries to save dogs? It's like a that sweeping <laughs> Sarah McLachlan. That <laughs> it's like that. It's like watching that. And I'm like the dog commercial. Yeah, and I don't want to all weepy sad story. Yeah, mm -hmm. I that's why I never want to watch it. I'm just always right. like, because in real life, yo, and we know that like in real life, these women are nothing but like sob stories. They're so colorful. They're so impactful. Yeah, shit happens. I don't mean to under undermine that like at all. Like, right. like the sex work, the like, the being harassed on the street, like that shit. Ain't, it's not cute on on any basis. 
or any day. Um, but the way they hold themselves, like these bitches are peacocks out there. Right. And that's why like, um, I feel like this movement of trans visibility, they want to look at them like they're dogs, like they're out there to entertain them or provide a, more to create a sob story about them. And you're mm. like, hey, I know we've dehumanized you for so long, but maybe we can repay you by making people feel sorry for you. Mm. And these amazing women who are out there um, are just saying like, I don't, I never needed you to feel sorry for me. Right. Just want you to respect me. And actually at this point in my life, I don't need your respect. I got the respect of my peoples and I love myself so much. Like, and they've forgiven themselves for being who they are because they had to like, uh, overcome all the, uh, hate, like the, mm -hmm. the culture of hate that they were surrounded by. Yeah. Uh, to be like, I dig myself more than I dig, I need your, I dig your affirmation. Right. And that's, and then seeing that visibility reminds me, oh, if I'm so vulnerable for myself that I become, and I be, vulnerability leads to me, leads to honesty, and that honesty leads to me loving myself, bro, that's a, that's the visibility that I get to take away from these women. Right. Okay. Cool. Son of a, Oh, do you want to, I mean, we can end whenever you want. Oh. I just had a couple of other things I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, Dress by the way. Thank you. What, oh, you were talking a little bit about the work that you did in the Bay. So it sounds like you've done a lot of like kind of social justice, nonprofit type of work. What are you doing out here in New York? Has it been sort of the same? And then I know you were working on your two projects, mm -hmm. uh, Woke. And you were talking about Dapper Clothing Exchange. So if you want to talk a little bit more about those and where those are at. Mm -hmm. um, here in the bed. In the oh, here in the bed. <laughs> uh, no, no, here in New York. Um, I'm happy to be back. Uh, um, so I started up a media company with Vicente uh, just to realize that it's not exactly where I want to be. Mm. So um, I love the storytelling that came. The so it's supposed to be like, Telling that uh, stories of people you don't normally see um, around the world, uh, and I love the storytelling that was taking place, but I wanted it. I didn't need to see it on TV anymore. Like I know we're all right now, we're really big about seeing that shit on TV, but I'm a tactile person. Mm -hmm. I need to feel it, mm. um, and that's why that performance shade I did that shit in the Bay. I'm bringing that back out now into New York City, and that has always been the plan. But I needed some time to like. Dapper Clothing Exchange is about relationships, like for first and foremost. And I had my straight amazing friend, <laughs> me too, three, four, which one is a try? I have three. Told you, I can count them on my hands. So <laughs> You're three straight friends. Yeah. They show uh -huh. a real special sign. I got these bitches on lock in my head. Um, uh, but it's about relationships. Um, and so that couldn't pop off until I had relationships in place. Mm. And um, it's been harder to build those here. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, I had to acclimate to being back. And so that was an adjustment. And I didn't, my resources started draining. I came with like a savings account and it took, and then I worked on work. So I was feeding, using that money to 
yo, I was literally bootstrapping my own company. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what a lot, it was basically real similar to the nonprofit industrial mm-hmm. complex and it's where they shift to foundations. Mm-hmm. People of color still don't, still don't get, um, resources from venture capitalists and women led or majority P- POC or women led. And it was weird me filling out these, these things, yes, like, because venture capitalists don't put trans or queer mm-hmm. in their life census. Or so the you're applying for like as a woman-led company. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be like, well, I'd be like, I'm half of it, so to speak. <laughs> and Vicente, you're really like, like, let's sit together. It's the one. This is we're half. It's one of two. There's two of us. Cool, sure. <laughs> um, and our advisors are mostly like, and they identify as And I was like, cool, we're we win, right? Um, so, filling this out. Mm, that's so interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was so fun. Um, you know what's annoying? You have, on the side, um, there is similar, like, foundations. Um, you know how there's, like, foundations that just support queer folks? Mm-hmm. There's venture capitalists that just support queer people because, um, the rest of the people with money don't right, think that, do that yeah they're like you're too niche of a market you probably need your own people to invest in you wow because our own people have sizable funds like that yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> y'all should have seen the the read just on Facebook. i'm just like i have a lot to say about that but this is not my interview ah lit, lit, lit. <laughs> thank you so okay so that's interesting mm-hmm. so it does sort of feel like so would you say that your identity, you know, well, first, what what aspects of your identity are most important to you? Uh, my Caribbean-ness and my queerness. And would you say that your identities have played a role in, like, your opportunities for economic advancement? And what role? Mm-hmm what i apply to is really based on like those two mm-hmm. like will it be an environment which i can bring those two selves like other parts of myself i can find other outlets for i can find other outlet to so i would so right now i'm applying to, um i work in retail and i'm applying to experiential that's what's that's that's the different level of the spe- uh, special events um so then they're closing but like I need bitches to give me money, not me just putting my own money behind things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I need to find environments that are are cool with me being queer. <laughs> just, dude, I just came out to... So one, I got a volunteer opportunity, which is weird to be like volunteering opportunity. Whatever, but it's still pre, pre, like premier to be part of the menswear. Menswear. But it's not menswear with trade, that house. It's just right. menswear, two words. Um trade show called liberty fairs uh-huh. um so they're like the biggest expo of like uh modern contemporary menswear clothes oh, God, wow. i just want to fuck that shit system up yes like yeah. in the best way like right, i love them they have really queer good it up. i want to queer it up i should probably say something i want to queer it up <laughs> i do because some places i want to fuck up we on. do fuck shit up we do. <laughs> we do we do listen we do. <laughs> so in both like creative and destructive ways just to rebuild a new that's more right. inclusive we're just right. like 
Okay, so you got a volunteer opportunity there. Um, yeah. So I mean, but I only decided that was a place I wanted to be at, um, because I felt like I could be, I could bring those cells mm. in mind. So I just came out professionally. It was like, oh, yes, use these. Uh, on my resume and everything, I yeah. put, perf- I have to, I put Lauren Francois, and then I put preferred name Francois. So already there, they're gonna be like, what's happening? Right. Um, and then I put like pronouns. You put your pronouns on your resume. Yeah. Um, no, in the email, like, thank you so much for, like, looking at my resume, da 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 pronouns the, and mm-hmm. with the name Francois, when you just see the email, you're like, of course, which has always been a fun thing when someone meets me in person, they're like, but you have boobs. Now I wear by they're like, he, she, fuck, beautiful, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sir, you're flirting with me, now you just call me beautiful, <laughs> that's very kind, but I'm at work. Um, I, I, but I applied to that because I felt like I could be, those two big parts of me could be safe in this environment. Mm-hmm. I can, um, but I know people like to say they apply for like 20 jobs and everything. I can't, I don't have the luxury of doing that. Like I have to do man research on a company, not because it's mm-hmm. the way to get in. It's not the way to like be most, to just write a super cover. It's for my own protection and mm-hmm. safety because I have no time I will, I, I can't work at a place that I can't be out, that I, yeah. Have you ever had to do that before? No, thank God, no. I refused. Break from an early age, I refused. I started with fears and I was like, and then I, I was like, why? For why? That was, I'm really glad I was like, for why? That's interesting. So, so because you found fears, do you think, well, do you think your life would have been different if you hadn't found fears? Yeah. And like, what ways? If I hadn't found fears, because it sounds—it just sounded like they like gave you a perspective that helped you recognize your worth, right? Because um, a lot of people, I think, without that kind of support, wouldn't necessarily have the same approach as you do to like employment and, and like your identity in your place of work. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Sorry, that wasn't a question. No, no, that's, <laughs> I guess I'm just wondering, do you think like being exposed to queer people, queer social justice, queer people, social justice people yeah. gave you like a different perspective than the majority of other trans people or other queer people? Yeah. And how so? Because it made me, my dad, for all his sweetness, I was real, I went to school, I ended up getting a degree in communications, because I went to a really predominantly, a PWI, predominantly um, at Fordham, that shit was trash. Hmm. Um, Thankfully, I found two good people uh, up there, and some others, but like, really dope ones. Um, But I was like, that close to... Uh, I you don't you don't know what I'm doing when I say that close. I'm putting very close, very close, <laughs> <laughs> really close, really close to becoming an entertainment lawyer. Right. Um, because <laughs> I saw that this is a straight up joke from how oh, fuck my life. London comedian woman. She reminds me of Missy Elliott, son. Um, which makes all the sense. I don't remember her name. I think it starts with Y. <laughs> It has like spiky red hair, London woman with man tattoos. Whatever. I will 
Shout out to her. You're going to know who she is. Um, <laughs> she has this great joke because her mom is Nigerian. And I think it applies to like any West Indian, African, like mom. Like, if you're not a doctor, doctor, lawyer, or engineer, you're a disgrace. Um, and I was like, so I was going to be able to entertain with lawyer to make my dad happy. I was like, mm. you know what? You kind of see me. Like, I feel the most like, like, I see you trying. Like, we get to have conversations. Let me be, let me, let me be nice. Let me do what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good and then all the bitches that finish were like, fuck doing what anyone else wants. Go live your life. I was like, we can go live our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Every few years I ask, ask someone, like, what do you mean? What? I don't understand. What do you mean? You're saying I could just go and do what I want? <laughs> I, no, tell me that again. Like, <laughs> what do you mean by do me like, <laughs> don't get it like yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah um hmm. so that could have been a thing yeah interesting yeah but instead i went to like oh well since you gave me an opportunity to show what it felt like to be cared about let me go care about the bitches and now i care and now you care and now, now you're in the so it sounds like not only did you get like a political understanding Right. Of, of your identities, but through through fierce and then through your subsequent like social justice work, but also sounds like those were the spaces where you could be yourself. And and you're saying that that's a safety concern for you, right? Mm-hmm. When you're looking for jobs. So do you have other safety concerns like on the regular? Yeah. I don't like to walk. I shouldn't. I don't take. I like walking because mm-hmm. grew up in Brooklyn and all we did and fond memories of walking miles and miles mm-hmm. um but i was um trigger warning i don't know i'm sorry just fyi um i was raped like three blocks away from my house when i was 15 16 wow um so and it's funny they statistically like it was by like some random dude and everything but um what is it you can get into car crashes like real close to your home and i thought that was funny i was like oh shit by your home is like where most shit happens to wow. you because you let your guard down because you're mm. like you feel i'm in i'm in my home like i'm in my area um so just walking down like i still have all the like insecurities of like knowing as much as i that's why i dress masculine to disguise the f- well for safety concern like that's why i most I hold myself differently. I don't sway my hips mm-hmm. um, because I don't want the, I want to limit the amount of, not just misgendering, but around sexual harassment that I get. Because mm-hmm. um, before I binded, dude, I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a double D, bitches. <laughs> 42 double Ds out here. <laughs> 38 waist. <laughs> and a big white ass. Um, so basically, my boobs turned 21 when I was 15. And so that attracted man attention. And I went to Catholic school, so niggas were really about, oh, large woman in Catholic school uniform, let me try. So I still walk with all that mentality. Later on, once you get raped, like, it's more likely you you end up, um, <laughs> I think niggas know, and they sense, and they come after you more afterwards. Um, but I think there's also research behind it. Mm. It's just uh, unfortunate, like, uh, from shaming, um, being up in a lot of abusive situations. Mm. When I moved to Oakland, some dude like followed me, so I was like stopped for like a full bus ride. So I don't, I like, I'm constantly aware of like if I don't present, 
um, both like walking uh, physically, then misgendering is like the least of my concerns at times. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, ah, sexual harassment's not cute at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when I'm treated like, um, when pe- people don't think I'm uh, a woman, quote unquote, um, and they see me as a, a dude, they see me as a black dude, and I, I get followed every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's less common, but if it works out that I, I do hormones and I pass them, that's going to be a little bit more of a thing. But right now, it's mm-hmm. just more of the sexual harassment that, yeah. you know, I can do without. Yeah. And these Brooklyn streets in the summer. Son! They acting like they've never seen nothing in their life. They're like, BT is not enough for you, bitches. Shut up. I just go do your thing, BT. I don't know what your business is. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they can't control themselves. They have no home training. I don't mean that in like, I mean the colloquial like, niggas don't know how to act right. Right. No. <laughs> Chill out. Fucking. <laughs> wow. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. I guess now it makes sense all the work that you did with SF Women Against Rape. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. SF4. Shout Those, out to SF4. SF4 is the fucking best. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, um, Favna, Nadia, oh, Janelle, um, Pretty. It was, it was, you know, they taught me so much. Um, Nadia asked me to be on the board, and Nadia didn't even know about that. And she was just like, there's nothing about you. You need to be here. Hmm. And no one had ever talked to me about um, sexual violence or like that before. So we never had that. It wasn't like we thought we had a relationship. So it was just really, um, it helped me. It healed me to be able to talk about it, actually. Um, Because up until then, (laughs) I was out in them streets being real. I was basically trying to keep myself through sex. It was real Mm -hmm. bad. So it was a very healing thing for me to go through. You didn't have anybody to talk to about it when it mm-hmm. happened? No. Um, did your family know? No, I did not tell them. I told my brother like, years later, and then he went through stuff like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it happened so commonly. It's real sad. But, and, no, I I used to, yeah, no. No, and no. I also would never tell my folks. They still don't know? They still don't know. And mm-hmm. I used to, I think, I used to think one of the reasons I, was, I came out here was going to be to tell them. And then I was like, that's not, things that's that, not, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Things that are not safe to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll get to a point with your parents where it would be safe? No. Because then it, it'd be the reason why I'm queer and trans. I see. So your is your, is your family religious? Like you said, you went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really is that where they're like? Is that where their feelings about your gender and sexuality come from? Do you think? Yeah, Catholicism. Cause my grandma, my mom's side, did voodoo every motherfucking day. Really? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my mom just told me this shit. I was like, my my. Well, I always knew she was a witch. Like, cause my brother, the queer one, he's like, grandma does spells. Like, yeah. But I was like, just blew that off. Like, that's just grandma being grandma. And, but mom was like, nah, like, she, she, like, real casually, she was like, every day this woman did this. She's working a juju? (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, yeah. So, but is that related to, like, why your mom. No, that's, that's the thing. Nope. 
Um, in fact, there's like a cool um, queer voodoo community up in Haiti. Really? Um, yeah, because voodoo is like expressive, like it believes in all the genders mm-hmm. more than I even know and speak of. Right. Um, so, which is like, I don't know. Um, Catholicism doesn't. Catholicism is like. Binary. Yeah. Um, and my parents believe that they believe in a very like strict modality of like you do certain things, it will result in certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the best possible outcome, you do things traditional ways, you will get traditional answers, and those traditional answers are, will lead us to the promised land, some shit like that. I'm wow. simplifying it. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's, it's really. Mm-hmm intense how they would basically use a traumatic you you think that they would use your traumatic experience yeah. to explain like these aspects of your identity that they think are wrong or yeah. sinful or bad and I, I would have to give them compassion for that isn't that crazy like i say have to because would you have to yeah you compassion for me is just i don't have to think they're right i think they're <laughs> but i have to give them compassion because i'm like that's what you were it takes a lot of being queer and trans, and I've, I'm gonna say feminine, like the like, not straight women are not femme. Like, I don't know if people yeah. know that, but there's like a, a, there's like a thing that people are saying now that oh. they are. No, yeah. I don't think, well, anyway, go ahead. Great, because they're not. I wouldn't equate women with femme. Thank you. <laughs> there's lots of different kinds of women. Thank you. There's lots of different kinds of femme. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um,. So I think those three populations are just aware and informed of, uh, I think when, when uh, yeah, those three communities are aware and informed to the point of like, they know that those have no relationship with each other and like, you can be full of yourself. Like they're, they're not, they've decolonized their mind, decolonized being like, Cause first I was like, you just mean like historical, like yes, and like present day, like how they move is very much con- consistently in context mm-hmm. with like time present, uh, time condition, um, with time and condition, mm-hmm. and so they walk with that feeling and mm-hmm. that history. Um, they know every action they do, whether it's from putting lipstick on or putting like where they shop, the section they shop at a mall. Like they know how their presentation and how they're moving the world, like causes shift causes everything right mm-hmm. versus my parents would be like oh no like you can change all that by just repressing that because that's the best way of doing it. and i'm like what no 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 that doesn't have to be the way you find uh the peace or the recognition of your dignity mm-hmm. like that's it yeah you we've learned like that's you don't need to be seen as human or have dignity and respect uh and that done by doing traditional ways of motion yeah. you can be all this <laughs> yeah 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 so how do you um maintain your own dignity and respect as a queer and trans I kick it with you person oh my god you laugh that's so rude man. I do that's <laughs> you hang out with friends yes yeah your community that's it I watch certain things that make me look like me sometimes I do watch other things that don't like me just because it's hilarious. <laughs> you mean media wise? Yes, yeah. media wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I think all the artists that are out there that Lexi Valdez. Um <laughs> You're hilarious. Yeah. 
Um, Lexi's a really good artist. I don't know. Put me on. Um, dude, yeah, they have this like, um, super. It feels like people see nomads through space. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like migration through space. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I appreciate. <laughs> I bless you. Thank you. I I come from like that. <laughs> um. Um, like, uh, yeah, so I just, the people, I just put, I put myself in front of people who I think look amazing and act amazingly, and I find media that looks amazingly like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just call myself amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. Yeah. I literally make sure I have everything around me that's going to be like, you look good, you look good, you look There's not going to be a day. I mean, there's, of course, there are days. But I'm constantly surrounding myself in like, it's like the seven mirrors. What are the different ways I can reflect greatness upon myself? Mm. Bitch. I got an image <laughs> on my phone that says, good looking. Yeah. So like beauty and re- self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Reflections of you. Mm-hmm. Around you. Yeah. RG Lord knows it. RG Lord was vain. Bitch knew what it was about. She, and I mean, I mean, I'm joking. But she knew what it was about. She was like, I thought of, they were like, all the rad- most radical, Frida, she was like, well, she, we all knew, she, she vocalized that she was about herself and that she was about her orgasm. She was like, mm-hmm. things that I don't fuck around with, you don't fuck around with my orgasm, you don't fuck around with my friends. Done. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very simple one. So, we did a t-shirt. I guess to wrap up. If you wanted to be remembered for one thing, what would it be? If you wanted to. I don't remember. You don't want to be remembered? <laughs> I want a really lit party uh-huh. where people take shots. Okay. Um, I wanted, I, this is me being nice. This is what I've come down to because at first it was y'all grinding on my casket, but then I realized folks will be a little bit older. That might not be okay for everyone's hips. But So you do plan to live a long life. If your friends are old at your funeral. If I guess if my <laughs> friends get old, I'll get old. I'll be like, well, I want to see what you're going to do next. But <laughs> this should be fun. Because I know it'll be entertaining. That's it. Um, okay, so you want a party. I want a party funeral. at my funeral. I want you to party. And what kind party. of things do you want people to say about you? Um, uh, hopefully that I put it, that, that I danced really well. I think people say that now. God, I hope. I don't think anyone would argue with that. Yes. Um, that's great. <laughs> I worked real hard, you know. Um, no, shout out to... Pr- you know why I do that, P.S.? What? Why I dance. Why? Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman? As I love that movie. Oh my god, this is why we're friends. Holy shit. <laughs> no explanation needed, but you already know. Um, that was uh, one of the first... Yeah. So cheesy. So cheesy, but so it was so, so empowering to me. I was yeah. like... I don't understand how it made you dance. Oh, um... Because she was so free of her body, I wanted to be that free of her body. Also, mm. I think at some point she was that she was a she was a dancer, or maybe I just think maybe I don't may, know. yeah, but maybe I just looped that in somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe I looked at her rent. Shout out to rent too. Though rent as an adult again is just a sad, fucked up. Yeah. I don't. Emma was great at seventeen, where I didn't know what rent was. Right. I didn't know what affordable housing was, or like Medicare or healthcare. All right. And I'm like. Um, I want, I don't know, hopefully, 
What do I want people to say about me? That they end up liking themselves more because I help them like themselves more. Like, we, they were like, oh. Like, Francois showed me this mirror right by Park Avenue. <laughs> and I get to see a reflection of myself right near a flower shop. That's me, you mm-hmm. know? That Francois took me out and, like, we got dressed. I don't know. Like, whatever. Some way, like, you like yourself more. Yeah. Because that's good. So the mark that you kind of want to leave on the world is, like, people being more in love with themselves. Mm. Internally out and outwardly. Yeah. So I want to give them, like, tools for them to love themselves, like, when on hard days. Mm-hmm. And then tangible resources for them to love themselves outwardly. So, mm-hmm. like, that's why fashion is so important to me. Like, it's one way to get more gender aligned. Um, so if I can make that easier for you, yeah, then I want that for you. Um, so yeah, inward and outwardly, I want people to love themselves. And if I can be a little bit part of that, then all right, sprinkle juice. That's awesome. Okay. Anything else you want to share? Babe is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I forget. <laughs> I forget. I forget the people I'm close to at the time. And it's just like you asked me this reminded me. I'm like, right, we've it's not that we've known each other for a long time, yay. But like we've I've like shared a lot of myself with you. Mm-hmm. And it's you shared a lot of yourself with me. But sometimes it's like, because I don't because that vulnerability part, it makes me forget because it's easy to go back to what you did as a child. Mm-hmm. Um or what's like Yeah. So I sometimes forget and I'm like, oh fuck, right, Paige does know. Right? Okay. Cool. Well. Let's feel good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing yourself with me. And New York City. And New York City. Well, that's why they call me a whole elder. (laughs) Yes, someone called me that. A whole elder? Mm Mm-hmm. What is that? Um, Someone who, like, now teaches people how to hoe in, like, ways that, like, that one, produces more orgasms, but also, like, holds their own self-respect. It's great. And they, they can do that, especially as an introvert. Like, when they're not, because I'm extra, I'm like, hey, yeah, let's go out. But they did it as, like, introvert and figure out ways that work for them. And they increased their orgasms. And they were, like, feeling good about, like, slutting around. It was great. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a whole elder. Yeah. A new title of respect. <sighs> and with that, I think we'll win. Thanks, Francois. Thanks.